I wonder how good you are at listening. Anyone here think they're like a 10 out of 10 listener? Just raise your hand in the air. Seven. A seven over here. Any advance on seven? Eights, nines, anyone? How good are you at listening? Someone at the back thinks they're really good at listening. Awesome. Um, I wonder how good you are at listening. Well, today's reading uh, that Andrew just read for us um, is about listening. It's not only about listening, but the listening piece is what I want to focus on today. So uh, we're in John, we're in chapter 10, and it's verses 22 to 30. And they've come to the festival of the dedication, which today would be called Hanukkah and is celebrated in November, December. So that just puts it in a, a context for you. Um, so they're going to have a big celebration, and some religious people ask Jesus, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Now, as we've just heard, and as you no doubt know, they knew that Jesus had already said or had claimed by his actions um, to be the Messiah. But what they're trying to do is catch him out. They're trying to catch him out and trip him up. Because if they catch him out, then they will give themselves another reason why they might claim that he's blaspheming. He's claiming to be God. And so Jesus sees all this and he responds, I did not tell you, I did tell you, sorry, but you did not believe. He knows they're trying to trick him. He can see the trap. I did tell you, but you did not believe. And so he says, you don't believe because you're not my sheep, because my sheep are the ones who listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. The important piece here is that Jesus' sheep listen to his voice, that there is a relationship. He knows them and they won't perish and there is a guarantee of eternal life that comes with that relationship. I wonder how good you are at listening. Uh, it's said that if you ever answer the phone in a workplace, you should never answer the phone by saying the name of your workplace straight away. And the reason is because people don't listen to the first thing you say. Let me give you an example. If you call St. George's and I pick up the phone and say, St. George's, a very good morning to you, um, and you have not heard my voice before, you might assume that you've called a church in England or something. What's that strange voice? I don't recognize it. I'm not sure. Have I called the right place? Alternatively, I could answer the phone, good morning, pause, St. George's. What that does is it lets the person who is calling hear a voice and get used to the first couple of words without paying any attention to them at all, and then they'll hear the next words that you say. Now, I've been on training courses on how to answer the phone in the workplace, uh, and so that's where I'm getting this from. This is not just another one of David's interesting theories, and it's not something from the Bible. It is, uh, it is about listening. We don't always hear the first thing, and so it's good to say something so that people can then tune in to the second thing once they've got used to the sound of the voice of the person who answers the phone. Good morning, St. George's. is going to be more effective than St. George's good morning. How good are we at listening? It takes a while for us to clock in and get used to listening to a voice. 
Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. For us to know the voice of Jesus, we have to get used to listening to it. There's different ways we can listen to the voice of Jesus. The Archbishop of Canterbury says, if you want to hear God speak today, open the Bible and read it out loud. And then you'll hear God speak today through his word. It's amazing how many times I pick up the Bible and open it and read it, and I hear something that if I didn't know it was from the Bible, I could assume has been written for today. And that could be to do with the politics of the day or the protests of the day or the whatever it is. The word comes afresh each time we read it. And so as we get used to hearing the kinds of things that Jesus would say, as we get used to hearing his voice, we can follow him more clearly. There's so many voices that are competing for our attention. It's said that there are 4,000 marketing messages that each of us have to um, encounter each day. And some of these marketing messages are quite fun. I don't know if you ever watch any television or anything on YouTube and an advertisement comes up. Um, and I know that with children, um, I, I like to fast forward the adverts. So there's the five seconds you have to wait on YouTube, then you click and, it, and then you can jump and ignore the rest of the advert. Uh, if I'm watching something with my children and the advertisement comes on and it's for a car, for example, they want to watch the whole advertisement for the car because they seem to really enjoy it, whereas I just want to get through. And then there's those adverts that are really annoying because they lie. I won't mention the name of one of the largest consumer products conglomerates in the world, but their advertisements at the moment really are annoying me because they're claiming to do good by producing recyclable plastic bottles. I'm sorry. Recycled plastic bottles I could almost give you half a brownie point for, but I'm not giving you any brownie points for putting your consumer products in a bottle that could be recycled. That is not environmentally friendly at all. I'm gonna get off my soapbox. But we're bombarded, aren't we, by these marketing messages all the time, all this stuff that's going on around us, and if you're anything like me, you're processing all these things all the time. So how do we tune into what is good? How can we see even a marketing commercial, it's not entirely off point, how can we see that commercial and know that it's pure greenwashing, that all they're trying to do is make me think they're a wonderful company when actually they are destroying the planet along with many others? I have to know some truth. Jesus says, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth is God's word. The truth is the word of Jesus that we hear, that we sing, that we say in our prayers. I wonder how good you are at discerning whether the voice of someone is actually their voice. Now, if it's a, if it's a voice that you hear, probably that's fairly easy. If you know somebody and, and you answer the phone to them, let's assume you haven't looked at your caller display or it says caller withheld, and they say, hello, it's me, there's a good chance if that's your mum or your dad or your child, you'll know who it is. Um, and yet, sometimes uh, we don't always recognize a voice or someone's pretending to be somebody else. Uh, I had an email once um, which came from the email address of a family member um, asking me for some personal information. 
um, that this family member would have known. Um, and uh, I believe these are called scam emails. Have you ever received one? Only half the church has received a scam email. The rest of you obviously have a great junk filter. Um, but there's scam emails and there's scam emails. And this was one that looked like it was almost genuine. But when I read it again, I thought, hang on a minute. This person wouldn't say that. This person wouldn't say that. I think somebody's hacked into their email, which it turned out that they had. And so even though it looked like it was them, it wasn't. We live in a spiritual realm where there is good and evil going on around, whatever you want to call it. The evil one who the Bible um, will call uh, demonion or the devil is prowling around, it says, like a lion ready to destroy. And whether you, however you view the devil, we live in a world where there's good and bad. How do we make sure that we're listening to the voice of truth and not the voice of the one who is trying to destroy us, who gets joy in destroying us? How do we make sure we're listening to the good shepherd? The only way is to keep on reading the word, singing hymns, singing worship songs, um, making sure that what we're, the diet of, of Christian food we're eating is good and true and pure. Because there's plenty of voices out there that call us in other directions. My sheep, says Jesus, listen to my voice. I know them and they will follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. The stakes are pretty high. What Jesus offers us when we listen to his voice, when we know him, when we're in relationship with him, is he offers us eternal life and the assurance of salvation. How do we make sure we listen to his voice? The image of a shepherd uh, is always a fun one, um, as uh, what a shepherd does is it tries to keep the sheep together. Um, and it's said that um, if you can picture the Israeli countryside, uh, the shepherds there will have a particular call and, and the sheep will go to that shepherd. Um, we, as some of you know, have, um, have a dog um, who is a, a shepherd dog. And the thing with um, shepherd dogs is their instinct is to herd. Um, and so we had a, a fun experience a few years ago when we were in a big field and we were having a family run. It wasn't a long family one, it was just from one end of the field to the other to see who was going to be the fastest. Um, and it involved all of the family um, and the dog. Now what you have to know about shepherd dogs is their instinct is to herd. And so they'll do that in any way they can. They'll do it with their mouths. That's why if a dog is mouthy, it's because it's the herding instinct. Um, and they'll also do it by trying to stop you running any further. So we were running along in this field, and one of the children was winning the race. I mean, I would say it was because I was letting him. I think I probably had the wrong shoes on or something. Uh, not that I'm competitive at all. Um, but I think I was letting him win. He was, he was uh, in front, and the dog was charging uh, uh, towards the front, uh, knocks him over. And it took a while to realize, what was she doing? She was trying to make sure that the pack, the sheep, stayed together. And then she ran around the back as well to, to bring up the slow ones and keep us all together. 
It's a wonderful image uh, that's hard to understand for us as we live in a built-up part of, albeit a beautiful area, of, of the sheep and the shepherd. The sheep know the shepherd's voice. The sheep feel safe when they hear the master's voice. And so it is for us too, as we hear the word and the voice of God. You know, one of the things about prayers that we say again and again and again, like the Lord's Prayer, like perhaps the communion prayer, like the confession prayer, although we can have a few different versions, is as we get used to using the same words, those words can stick with us. And then we find that when we haven't got a screen to look at or a prayer book to read or a Bible to look at, the words of the psalm, the words of the Lord's Prayer can come to us because they've made a place to rest within us. The more we dwell in the word. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And so we look towards Pentecost in a few weeks' time. It's the first Sunday in June this year. Pentecost is the time when the church remembers the Holy Spirit coming. And so the readings begin to change this week, and even in the music you'll hear uh, more references to the Holy Spirit as we head towards that season when we're particularly aware of that real sense of God with us by the Holy Spirit. There are a lot of people in the world who claim to be spiritual. And maybe it's the Holy Spirit that is the way into a conversation with them. Many people these days are not interested in God. They're not interested in Jesus. And they're certainly not interested in the church. They don't like Christians of any kind. But they're spiritual. And so as we talk to people... Let's not try and uh, use all our energy convincing them about church history or about uh, understanding the Trinity. Let's talk about the Holy Spirit, that sense of God with us. When someone says, I'm spiritual but not religious, perhaps you might say, that's interesting. I'm spiritual and I'm also religious. I believe that God can speak to us. And he gives us the Holy Spirit to help us know when it's his voice. One of the things the Holy Spirit can give us is, is, is particular gifts, and there's that sense of discernment, of knowing when this is truth we're hearing and when it is not. It's a bit like, and I say this advisedly, because someone will probably write in and complain. But it's a bit like in the film Pinocchio, you know, with, with, with Jiminy Cricket. Uh, the, the spirit is a bit like uh, us having a conscience. I'm not going to sing the song because, again, we're online and probably YouTube will block the video if I do a good rendition of it. Uh, no one wants to hear a bad rendition. But uh, there's that sense of the spirit being a bit like our conscience as we understand and we hear things and we discern, is this what Jesus would be saying to us? My sheep listen to my voice. I wonder how good you are at listening. So to finish, three particular ways uh, we can grow 
in this area of listening to the voice of Jesus. Uh, firstly, is to spend time in prayer. Um, you probably knew I would say that, um, but it really is important. And um, I don't know about you, but um, I find it quite hard sometimes to make the time to pray at home. Um, and so coming to morning prayer on one day a week, if you haven't begun that habit already, perhaps if you have a day off in the week, you can come that day, nine o'clock for 15 minutes to take some time out to pray. Because it's a bit like, I don't know if you go to the gym at all, um, but it's quite hard, even if you're a member of a gym, it's quite hard to, to go there sometimes. And yet, if you say, well, I'll just do a workout at home, Doing, just doing a workout at home is not going to have the same impact as going to a gym. And it kind of is the same with prayer. It's perfectly possible to have a fantastic prayer time at home, but then the doorbell rings, then the phone rings, then you realize that the laundry's just finished and you need to move it from one machine to the other, and you get distracted. So maybe it's finding a way to spend some serious time in prayer. And 15 minutes isn't serious, but it's a start. So that's the first thing, is work on how can you spend more time in prayer so that you can listen to the voice of Jesus. Second thing, reading the Bible. This is the word that God's given to us, and many people in the church haven't read it. They've read bits of it. Often they've read the same bits again and again and again because those are the bits that we like. But when we see how the whole thing goes, we can fit the pieces together. And then that helps us as we listen to hear, are we listening to the voice of Jesus? Does this fit with, this, with the pattern of the whole of Scripture? And thirdly, I would say um, to spend some time in quiet. Um, you might use music for this, you might not. But spending some time listening. It was a great exercise a few years ago we did at the um, summer camp, and, um, uh, and uh, someone was here and they said, with the children, um, I, th I think they called it popcorn prayers, it might, might not be, um, but, but they, they said, we're just going to sit and say, Jesus, is there anything you want me to know today? And we're going to sit in silence and wait. And would you believe, when the group of ten children sat around, and they all prayed that prayer, Lord Jesus, is there anything you want me to hear today? Within about 10 minutes, every one of them said something. And the things that they said were not the things that they'd made up. You can tell when it's the things they've made up. You know, it would be along the lines of, Jesus says that when I'm on my way home, I need to go to Tim Hortons and get a box of Timbits. That's the kind of stuff they made up. It wasn't that kind of stuff. It was stuff that was profound and holy. And so maybe you could take some time. You don't have to do this in church. You can do this when you're out for a walk. You can do this sitting at home. You can do this wherever you are to take some time and ask Jesus to speak to you. Lord Jesus, what is it that you would like me to hear today? And then sit and wait. Jesus wants to be in relationship with us. The piece about us knowing his voice is about relationship. Because when you're used to listening to a voice, you're in relationship. You know the person. 